Hello, and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. Today's episode is going to be on a slightly different topic than you might expect from me. Um, I'm going to be talking about men's mental health. Um, June is Men's Mental Health Month, and Canada June 13th is the Mental Health Awareness Day, the Men's Mental Health Awareness Day. And in that occasion, I really wanted to talk a bit about the other side of the fence, if you will. Uh, in connection with what happens when a couple goes through separation and divorce, uh, a couple that involves a man and a woman. Um, I think it's an important conversation to have because, of course, there's always two sides to every story. So this is a conversation to recognize patterns, behaviors, and maybe understanding a little bit of why on the other side. It's not an absolution or, or some kind of justification for bad behavior, whether it is men or women. So let's see what we can learn from today's conversation, maybe open our mind a little bit to that there is suffering on the other side, and also understanding that there's a whole separate journey happening there as well. You know, lately I've been talking a lot about perspective uh, as well, and that kind of plays in here in the same way. So I hope you will join me for this conversation. Let's have an open mind and learn and um, maybe see things a little bit differently. It might even give you some of that closure that you have been wanting and not getting. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. I am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and day today. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of, but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. Here, we talk about how to heal, move forward, and find love if you're so inclined. Also, motherhood through divorce, finding yourself, and creating the life you deserve. Our tools are community, sisterhood, honesty, vulnerability, spirituality, and coaching, and that's when we aren't talking to our experts. I'm also a divorced mother of four adult sons, remarried and a stepmom to three. So we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here. If you are recently separated, thinking of separating, divorcing, or even beyond your divorce, but still feeling it, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back. So yes, today we are talking about men's mental health and rather raising awareness around it. June is uh, Men's Mental Health Month in Canada and I believe in the US as well. Um, and June 13th is the, the day for it to observe it and become aware of it. And I'll be very honest with you. I didn't know anything about this until probably a week and a half ago. I started seeing it on my social media feed um, and then I started seeing more and more about it and I started doing some research on it and I thought this is an important conversation for us to have. And you might be wondering why. You might be thinking, why do we want to talk about this? This is about women divorcing. That is what the Separation Club is all about. But you know what? There is somebody on the other side and I think you've probably heard me say it before. There is such an absence of kindness and consideration when when the couple goes down that road, this road, whether it is two women, two men, a man and a woman. Um, but I think in, you know, the majority of my listeners are women divorcing men. And um, 
there's an awful lot of uh, assumptions and uh, stereotypes and generalizations going on when it comes to men that I know are not right and that are unfair. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So I'm not exactly sure where this conversation is going. Like I said, I have some things I want to bring up um, and then we'll see where it goes. So one of the statistics that really alarmed me when I was doing this research is that men are four times more likely to commit suicide than women. That really alarmed me. Like I, I actually had just had no idea. I had no idea that this was I don't know if prevalent is the right word, but that it is so much more um, prevalent among men. Though when I see a statistic like that, it also makes sense. Because, you know, if I was to use, again, a general or stereotypical complaint that comes from women when the marriage isn't working or even during a marriage, it's that men are not good communicators and they don't share their feelings and they don't talk about it you know, they don't understand even how to respond to a woman sharing about her feelings. And I, I really believe that it is this absence of a space that is safe for them to talk about their feelings that has caused th- this statistic. Because when we feel down, women, when we feel sad, upset, angry, frustrated, whatever, any emotion that shows up at any time during the day, what do most of us do? Well, we phone a friend, we phone our mom, or we reach out to a coworker sitting beside us in the office, or if you're in school, you got kids, you got daughters, teenagers, you know, they start texting their best friend and Snapchatting or doing whatever, but we reach out. We reach out, we unload the feelings, we get the support we're looking for, uh, we get validation, uh, vindication, whatever it is that we're looking for, we get it and then we feel better. But men don't do that. You know, I I know certainly that my generation of men, like I look at my husband, what was he taught about feelings? You don't talk about your feelings. Feelings is for sissies and it's for girls, right? Feelings are weak, a sign of weakness. And I you know, first of all, no, they're not. In fact, it takes a tremendous amount of courage to to share your feelings and to be open and vulnerable like that and to say, this is how I feel. I'm hurting right now or I'm angry or frustrated and I need to talk to you about it. That's actually really hard to do. Um, but it's something that we as women learn from when we're little girls. But boys, little boys do not learn that. What are you crying about? What's your problem? Are you going to cry like a girl? You know, that's the kind of stuff that little boys hear. So what do they learn? Crying is bad. Crying is not the way I get what I need. Crying is not safe. Showing my feelings is not safe. So they don't. And then they learn not to. And then they get into a relationship with a woman who wants to share her feelings because that's what you do with the people you love and you feel safe with. And now you're sitting opposite a man who potentially is receiving these feelings as, oh, I don't know what to say about that. I'm not going to talk about feelings. It's not a safe place for me to go. It's weakness. It's girly. It's like, this has got nothing to do with me. And so we get this person who's being standoffish and disconnected and doesn't engage and doesn't understand even, doesn't even know what to do with those feelings. You know, you look at men, you know, there's, there's again, there's, 
stereotypes or whatever around them. When a woman cries, you know, a man doesn't know what to do, so he just gives in. And it's probably true in many cases. There are other men who get really angry when they see a woman cry because they feel that she's using it as a tool to get what she wants, that she's deliberately taking advantage of a weakness and is kind of asking them to feel something. So they get really angry about it. it there's so much around this, so much psychology. But I wanted to kind of bring it home a little bit in the way that it gets talked about every day inside my Facebook group, because maybe that will help us get our hands on the, you know, how it affects us right now and maybe how we as women can be a little bit more patient, a little bit more understanding and compassionate when it comes to being opposite a man you know, sitting in a conversation opposite a man and wanting him to share his feelings. So fundamentally, as human beings, we all need the same thing. We all need the same thing. We need to feel loved, that we belong somewhere. We need to feel safe emotionally and physically. And then we can start evolving into our feelings more and understanding the other things that we want in life. You know, energy travels through our body and and opens doors for us and, and challenges us and, and presents opportunities when we're in a good harmonious place. But when we feel unsafe emotionally, um, we don't feel loved, we don't feel that we truly belong, we feel like we can't find our people, whatever it may be, then, then we don't open up. We tend to close up. Uh, and even women will do that, you know, if it's not safe. As women, we will generally go and look for our people, the people that we can talk to. And we really do want our partner in life, our spouse, to be that person. But if you have married a man, chances are he is not equipped to understand all of that and certainly not has any experience or very little experience with sharing his own feelings. So there we are with this conundrum. Um... And we're trying to get along and have a, a deep, intimate, emotional connection with someone that we love deeply. And they want the same thing. They just don't know how. Um, and they're afraid to look weak and girly, sissy, childish, um, you know, not strong together. Um, their role is to protect and, and um, have solutions and be practical um, that's what they've been taught, the very masculine energy of protecting and and honoring the feminine. So I'll get into that in a moment. But here's what I hear in the Facebook group on a regular basis. Things like, you know, why are all men like this? Or why is it that no men are capable of this? You know, sharing emotions why is it, this is another one that I get asked all the time, why is it that he was able to just walk away and feel nothing? It's like he never loved me, doesn't miss us at all. Um, it's like it never happened. And I understand the feeling because that is what it like looks like if you just look at their behavior and go by what they're saying. So what I always say, I always say the same thing. And I'm going to say it to you as well. I've probably said it in previous episodes, but this one seems appropriate to say it again. And that's that, first of all, we have no idea what they're thinking. 
Okay. We know they're not good at sharing their emotions. They're not good at communicating how they feel. They're not even uh, really adopting the philosophy that they should. So they're keeping it to themselves. Feelings are bad. Remember, feelings get pushed away. Feelings are not important. They're weak. So no, they don't show any feelings. Um, the only feelings they might show is some excitement about something new, like if they've met someone new. Because at that stage of relationship, life is easy. You don't really have to show a lot of feelings. It's Everything is easy. You're just declaring how much you like each other and care about each other and want each other. And so that feels easy. And then all we see at the other end is that this person is just off living a happy life and doesn't seem to care at all about the destruction that was left in their wake. I absolutely am absolutely sure when I say that they do care. They care a great deal. They feel everything that you're feeling. What they've gotten good at in decades of conditioning, social conditioning, is to not let the feelings surface, to not let the feelings guide their day so they don't show them. They've gotten very good at pushing them away. You know, I remember reading this a long time ago uh, when I started doing this work and wanting to be able to answer not only my own question as to why my ex had an affair, but why it is that it happens so often. Um, generally speaking, and I am being general, men don't leave to be alone. They leave to be with someone else, which the other side of that is that men will generally tolerate a relationship that doesn't make them happy, that doesn't fulfill them, that isn't what they want for a really long time, much longer probably than women. And then when they meet someone else, then they leave. Whereas women are much more likely to leave because they just can't stand to be in a dysfunctional relationship anymore. So they leave to get away from it and then they meet someone. I'm being general. I understand that it can go both ways, but that is more often the case. And I think as I'm talking about this, that hopefully makes a little bit more sense. So as we look at this man in our life that has left or, or we've asked him to leave and then suddenly they seem all happy and, you know, raring to go and just with someone else and they never look back. You know, how is it that that happens? Well, it happens because they have learned to com compartmentalize. They have learned to put away those feelings in the place where they don't ever have to look at them again. And as I started saying earlier, when it comes to why a lot of men have affairs, and this is specific to men, um, it is actually because in many cases, it is easier for them to have an affair, even though that will possibly or likely end up in divorce, than it is for them to sit down and say to their partner, I'm hurting, I'm not fulfilled in this relationship, I need more from you, and can we work on that, please? They don't even know how to have that conversation most of the time. They don't even know how to find those words. They don't even know that that's why. They just end up filling their head with, I'm unhappy, I'm not happy with my partner, she must be doing something wrong for me not to be happy, and, and then things go awry. They just don't know. Now, I'm not giving them a buy here, okay? Because, of course, they could explore it and they could have the courage. And that's what I said earlier, talking about your feelings requires courage, real, deep, emotional courage. 
if they have the courage to to sit down and cry and say, I'm not happy, I don't feel happy with you right now, not because of anything specific that you've done, but because there's something missing and I don't even know what it is. I don't even know how to tell you about this. The reality is we probably wouldn't be very receptive. So what typically happens, and this is a pattern again in my research on, on this for this conversation, so let's say they were to sit down and say that to you or something like that, that they're not happy and that it's about the relationship. So what do we do as women? Most likely, maybe we start crying. We get really upset. And I can't understand why you're suddenly telling me all this. Why didn't you tell me sooner? You might say something like that. You might say something like, well, what do you think? I am so fulfilled. You think I'm getting everything I want? You might say that. You might start listing off the times that you have tried to have a conversation and where he refused. And so this is not fair that he's coming to you now. And so what's the experience that he's having? This is not safe. And now this is about me comforting or consoling or repairing damage I've done to her because I brought it up. It is not safe for me to bring this up. I am not going to ever do this again because I don't get hurt and I end up upsetting her and now I have to console her and I'm not getting anything that I need over here. I actually jumped into um, a TikTok. Yeah, TikTok is a great place to learn things. And um, it was a fairly um, uh, well, an influencer of some kind. He talks a lot about what women need in a relationship from men but because of this month he's talking about what men need and he actually just asked what do you need what is it that you feel you're not getting so I jumped into the comments and read what some of the men had posted and there was one man especially um, and I should have pulled it up but I didn't but it was basically something like what I just said he said he wants you know what would you want from a relationship what do you want from the woman in your life and he said I want to be heard I want to be able to sit down and tell her how I feel without having to console her afterwards because of what I said. So I don't think that every man who sits down necessarily is attacking us or his partner. Let's just say his partner. It's just that when someone expresses that they're unhappy, I'm unhappy in my life. You're unhappy with me? Well, I don't know. I'm just unhappy. I just don't feel happy. We take it personally. We make it about us. And because we are so much more um, clever intellect, like emotionally, shall we say more? Um, yeah, clever is probably a word only because we do it so much more. We're more uh, aware of our emotions and our words and how to use and how to express our feelings. We are quick to suddenly be like, well, I feel this and what about this? And, you know, we're quick. And then they just kind of sit there and it's like, ah, this is not going the way I wanted it to go and backfiring. And then they just stop talking. They stop talking. And then one day, and I'm going to jump like giant leaps ahead here, but then one day they happen to be at a conference and they happen to sit down next to a woman who makes them feel really good about themselves and says some nice things to them and all their hormones get going and then things go terribly wrong. Not because she is better than you or anything but because for a period of time she has made him feel so good about himself so excited about who he is in a relationship that he wants more and that is easier to run for that 
than it is to sit down with you. And I really believe this. I saw that in my ex-husband as well. Not that he ever tried to talk to me. Again, from a generation where, you know, you just didn't as men. And I know how he was raised. I know what my ex-father-in-law is like. And there is no way that he was ever encouraged to share his feelings. On the contrary, he would have been called all kinds of names. So, you know, men, guys, don't talk about their feelings. Like, come on, right? So it's very... It's very hard for them to do that. and But they need it. They need it just like we do. They need it just as much as we do. They But they do it in different ways. So when a man is not feeling fulfilled or heard or um, happy or any of those kinds of things, it's going to show up as anger, frustration, irritability, and yeah, abuse, um, addictions. You know, they're going to, they're going to, do all those, I wish women do as well, right? Um, but you're not going to know why, because there's going to be no conversation about it. It's just going to happen. I'm fine. I don't know what your problem is. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times I tried to bring up the emotional sort of distance between myself and my ex-husband, only to hear from him, I'm fine. I have no problem with anything. So if you have a problem what's going on in this relationship, then this on you and you fix it for yourself. It's just, I'm fine. The fear around talking about it was so huge. I don't think he even ever, ever admitted to himself that that he had any emotions around this or, or that he needed to talk to me about his feelings. The only time that I saw that was, it was actually really close to when I found out about the affair and I could tell things were really, really off. And there had been a period of time where it had just some... It's just weird stuff was happening, which of course was tied to him lying and all that kind of stuff. But I sat him down one day. I remember just sat down on the bed and I, I just said to him, like, what is going on? And I just kind of like, you know, you've been behaving, being really different with all of us. And I just gave him some examples. Um, and it was very calm and I was very like, what is it? What is going on? You don't seem happy. And he started crying and he said, I'm not happy. I'm like, okay. With what? Like, what is it about? Is it about me? Is it about, you know, us? Is it about the, the house, the job? You know, what is it? And he said, he said, I, I think it could be you. He goes, I said, okay. And I didn't like hearing that. Let me, let me tell you. But I'm like, okay, in what way? And he goes, no, he goes, not like that. It's not like you've done anything. But it's, I guess he goes, maybe it's, it's not you, it's us. There's something missing. There's something that's not right. And so I dug, but he didn't know how to answer. He was already having an affair. What I was witnessing was guilt. Um, and and I, I believe he didn't, he didn't want to hurt me. I don't even think he wanted to leave me, honestly. I think he just was really torn and struggling with what he was doing and the wrongness of it but he also was enjoying how he felt and didn't know how to say that to me you know all of that where are the words when you need them right so I don't agree with anything that he did um he should have talked to me that day that was an opportunity for him to save us but I don't you know I don't agree with cheating and lying and any of those things it doesn't obviously help anyone um but I think it's 
really important to understand and it definitely helped me to do that that he was terribly unhappy with himself with his life um, because he couldn't talk to me about what he needed from me he wasn't getting it um, be, and I don't even know that he knew what he needed like that's how how um, blocked he was from his own feelings I'm not even sure that he understood what he needed. So how could he possibly talk to me about it, right? So, I mean, everything that went down after that was whatever it is, what it is, and that's the story, right? But I also, in addition to seeing everything that he did wrong and how much he hurt me and the kids and how it destroyed our marriage, I also see his pain. And I see... I saw it then. I saw it all the time. Um, I saw it in the really bad choices he made, uh, in the really awful things that he said to me. Um, I never, it, it helped me not fall into the trap of being this victim where I was like, how could he talk to me like that? How can he do this to me? How can he do this to us? You know, why is he, you know, that, that constant sort of victim mentality of, you know, me, me, me. Why are you doing it to me? Why are you doing it to us? You know, I've done so much for you. I've been there for you. I've stood by you for 20 years. Like, I, I could have said all those things, but I didn't. I didn't think of it like that. To me, he was a man in pain. He was a person who was in terrible pain with himself, with his life. He didn't even have the capacity to understand why. Um, having a conversation about feelings and expectations sent him running out of the room and yelling at me. So that he just couldn't do that. So he went for the good feeling. He went for something that just was easy and new and, and where there was no residual resentment or any of that. He just started new. And it felt good and it felt easy. And I... Uh, you know, at the time, I obviously really wished that he had chosen differently. But in hindsight, hey, I've had a pretty awesome life because of that. Um, you know, he had many other qualities or lack of whatever that were not great. Um, but I still can see and I can still, with compassion, understand how much he was suffering at the time. I don't believe that he just went off into the sunset with, without another thought as to how I was doing or what he had done or the kids. Not for a second. Did he behave like he did? Yes. But do I believe that, that was, those were true emotions? Not at all. It was just him bypassing all his feelings like he had always done. And that is true, I believe, for most of them. So if you're still in a relationship um, when you're listening to this, or maybe you're heading into a new one or just started one, you know how often you share how you feel and you talk about your expectations and you think about what you need and want from a relationship? Well, I invite you and encourage you to make sure that you are asking your partner as many times, is there something you want to talk to me about? And I would also ask, do you need me to, do you want me to respond or do you want me to just listen? And I know I've done that with my second husband um, because 
I know he is very much of that generation where he was, he finds it very difficult to talk about his feelings and that's okay. So I want to create a safe space for him to do that. So I really try to slow down my like interpretation and my comeback and my response. And sometimes I'm not very good at it because I can get all heated and then I'm like, you know, I just start talking, but I can think so much faster emotionally than he can. And he's, he's not a stupid man at all. He's a very intelligent and thoughtful and kind and loving man. But ask him to talk about his feelings and there's a lot of silence, okay? So it's not that he can't tell me that he loves me. It's not about that. He tells his kids all the time, but his feelings. This is not an easy place for him to go. So if I want him to open up, I just have to be quiet. I have to create a space where he can talk and I'm just listening. I'm not giving my interpretation. I am. I might ask a couple of questions for clarification, but I do not interpret. I do not um, tell him what that means, you know, like kind of impose my understanding in any way um, unless he asks me to. And you know what? Generally, he doesn't. Generally, when he finally is able to open, he just wants to unload it. And that's okay. So as we are observing men's mental health day, month, in the occasion of this episode, I invite you to turn to the men in your life. And no, I don't expect you to go back to your ex and say that you were sorry or any of those things. You know, again, it is their journey and it's up to them to learn how to do these things. If they want to be able to emotionally connect with their partners, then they can do the work to do that. So, so that, you know, that, whatever, that is past. But with your sons, your brother, perhaps, your future partners, try to create um, a different way of handling things and say to them, I don't know how to make this feel safe for you. Can you tell me? Can you tell me what would feel good for you when you are sharing your feelings? Do you want me to respond? Do you want me to wait till you ask? You talk to them and make sure that when they seem you know, particularly distant, particularly evasive, particularly abrasive, angry, irritated, drinking more, whatever it may be, ask them, hey, I notice you're seem more aggravated, angry, whatever. No judgment. I'm just wondering if you're okay. And do you want to talk? Do you want someone to just listen? Because I can do that. What if you try that? I think we need to recognize that just because they're walking off not caring or don't seem to care, we have to remember that last thing I just said, they don't seem to care. But if they were terrible at communicating their feelings with you when you were together and even when you were splitting up, why would you expect them to share them with you now? They're not going to do that. They're probably not sharing it with anyone. And even if they are starting to share a little bit, it might be coming out as anger and anger directed at you. So if you're getting a lot of the, you know, this is your fault and they're blaming and sort of maybe abusive behavior, narcissistic behavior, just know that they are dealing with their own demons. Okay. They have their own traumas, their own work that needs to be done. Um, they are taking it out on you. That's not okay. 
uh, is not any more okay than it would be for us to take it out on them. There are women, many women, who are also, tra- you know, have been traumatized in childhood or have gone through whatever, who are abusive towards their partners, who are narcissistic, who are unkind. This happens on both sides, all right? It's just that women, generally speaking, tend to be better at sharing their emotions. So let's start creating a healthy, safe space for men in our lives to share their feelings with us and to just sit and listen. Nothing else. Just, I'm going to sit here, zip, and I'm just going to listen. Unless you say that you want me to say something. Let's try that with the people that are in our life. Let's start building deeper um, bonds and relationships with our partners and just generally speaking, the men in our life. And let's see what we can learn and um, how we can become closer and have a better understanding, more patience, more love, and really create a safe space for everyone to share their feelings and to ask for help when they need it. Thank you for being here for this episode. I think it was really important for us to have this conversation as well as all the other ones that we have here. So I thank you for your time. I would really love to hear what you think and, you know, how this might change your approach in some way. Um, If there's somebody in your life who you are looking forward to sitting down to talk to um, because of this and, and also share this episode maybe with some men in your life who have gone through divorce um, or who are struggling a bit in a relationship right now or struggling to have a relationship um, share this please I would really appreciate it and when you do make sure to tag me so that um, I can help out if, if that's you know asked for or just so that I know that this is getting around I so appreciate any and all sharing and also that you would you know bring this to someone who might need to hear this Um, The more you leave reviews and stars, etc. on this podcast, the more people who need to see it will see it. So thank you again for being here, for being part of my group, for being a listener, which means you're someone who is growing and healing and evolving and choosing to always try to do just a little bit more, a little bit better, a little bit more of something, right? So it's been wonderful to chat with you today. Thank you so much. I wish you the most beautiful day. And until we talk again next time.